The Rookie Leaders Podcast, Episode 27, The Individual Player. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. So grab your notebook, a pen, and your bulletproof coffee as we explore the leadership lessons every leader needs to master. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello everyone. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to today's episode. Today, we're going to kind of wrap up the series that we've been doing associated with the four enemies of teamwork. If you go all the way back to episode number 23, uh, you'll see where I, uh, I did a highlight, uh, uh, covered all four of the four enemies of uh, teamwork. And then in subsequent uh, podcast episodes since then, we've been covering the four enemies of teamwork. And today we're going to talk about the final, the fourth enemy of teamwork, and that is the individual player. So I'll, I'll talk to you about exactly what that is, how to identify the individual player, uh, how they differ from a team player, what is an individual player's impact on a team and on teamwork, and then finally, how do you address it? How do you, you fix the issue of having a team player uh, you know, on your team? Uh, before we jump into the individual player and all of that explanation that I just described, a few housekeeping items, uh, as always, greatly value your subscription to the podcast so that you make sure you never miss a single episode while you're in whatever podcast directory you are listening from i would greatly appreciate a rating and review there while you're uh, subscribing to the podcast that way it helps us with the search algorithms and getting this leadership content this teamwork content into the ears and the hearts and the minds of many more leaders so greatly appreciate your efforts uh, in helping me out there. And then finally, let me share with you some information regarding uh, today's sponsor, the sponsor for today's podcast episode, and then we'll jump right into uh, the individual team or the individual player. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by CredibleTeams.com. At CredibleTeams.com, you can begin to build the teamwork that defeats all competitors. You see, teamwork is your only real competitive advantage. It's likely that in your industry, you have competitors that are developing similar products, solving similar problems, or serving their customers in similar ways that you are. Teamwork is the only real competitive advantage that you have. How effective your team can produce products, solve problems, and serve the customer is really the only advantage you have over those other competitors. And at CredibleTeams.com, you can begin the process of building championship-level teamwork 
such that you can defeat all of your competitors. At CredibleTeams.com, you'll start with our short 12-question quiz that will help you to identify the enemy that is destroying your teamwork. You see, there's four enemies to teamwork. And this short quiz will help you to identify which of those enemy your team is struggling with. Once you identify the enemy your team is struggling with, then you will receive specific feedback that will enable you to begin the process of eliminating that enemy of teamwork and begin to build the teamwork that is your competitive advantage. Head over to CredibleTeams.com right now and begin our quiz so that you can begin to build the teamwork that will defeat all of your competitors. All right, thanks so much for uh, your attention to that, our our sponsor there. I certainly encourage you to head over to CredibleTeams.com and uh, take that little short quiz so that it can identify for you which of these four enemies that we've been covering in this series, which of the four enemies is your team struggling with? They may be struggling with what we're going to talk about today, the individual player, and that quiz will help you identify that such that you can begin to address uh, that that enemy and have the teamwork that you need. Again, I've said it many times, teamwork, that is really your only true competitive advantage. All your other competitors out there, whether they're you know intercompany departments competing for annual budget money or whether they're other businesses creating similar products as you and going after the same market share, the same customers as you, your competitive advantage over them Whichever case you're in, your competitive advantage over them is how effectively your team works together and and, uh, defeats those other competitors. So be sure you head over to CredibleTeams.com, take that quiz, identify the enemy your team is struggling with, and then we can better help you to overcome that enemy. Now, let's jump into the fourth, the final and fourth enemy of teamwork. Today, we're going to talk about the individual player. So just a, a quick recap. Uh, because it's going to be important to today's topic. The other three enemies, we talked about distrustful culture. That was in episode number 24. So this is a lack of vulnerability-based trust within your team. That's enemy number one. Enemy number two is unhealthy debate. So what that means is your team is not willing to have healthy discussion or argument over things like the best product to produce or the best solution to a problem and so forth. So that's enemy number two. And enemy number three is unaccountable misalignment. So you have individuals on your team that maybe they are not bought in. They're not in alignment with the the strategy or the next steps in accomplishing a team goal. And the team isn't holding those individuals accountable to that misalignment. So that's enemy number three. And then finally here today, we get to enemy number four, which is the individual player. So let's talk about that. What, what, let's first talk about what is an individual player and what is the difference between an individual player and a team player? What, what are those two individuals look, how do they look differently and so forth? So an individual player on your team. So first of all, recognize that an org chart does not make a team. Now an org chart may bring a group of people together but it does not make a team. Uh, too often, I believe, we we kind of look at an org chart. We have a leader, and then underneath that leader, we have four or five direct reports, and we draw a circle around that little piece of the organizational chart, and we say, that's a team. 
Well, not necessarily, especially if that team is full of individual players because they they organizationally they may all uh, be peers and and report to the same leader, uh, but operationally they may not be operating as a team because they have one or m- more, maybe or they're all individual players. So here's what an individual player looks like. An individual player is typically driven by self, right? They're the title individual player that they are out for themselves. They're out for them as an individual. Now, oftentimes being an individual player can be driven by ego. It can be driven by ego. So in other words, uh, this is usually the case when maybe this individual player is an, an extremely high performer, especially as an individual contributor. Uh, I always use the sales team analogy just because it's it's kind of uh, easy for everyone to understand. But let's say you have a sales team. So you have a sales leader, and then you have a sales team of maybe you know four sales people on on uh, on this team. And you may have that one individual that month after month after month, he's the highest salesman, right? He's he's bringing in the 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 most revenues, got the highest number of sales month after month after month, but he may be performing and operating within the team as an individual player. And that might be driven by, could be driven by his ego, right? I'm, I'm the number one salesman every single month and I can kind of do whatever I want or, or I don't need to participate or help uh, other team members with, you know, what they're doing with their sales. I just need to focus on every month. I want to be the highest sales rep in the you know in the team Uh, and so that's driven by ego but he's in that case he's more worried about himself than he is the team right he uh, the individual player uh, again maybe extremely high performer but also they don't an individual player doesn't recognize or understand the importance of team and teamwork and again their lack of understanding of the importance of team is is clouded by this this ego in this high performance that they that they may have now individual players can also be driven by if you will an, an insecurity um, maybe they're not the highest performing um, member of a team maybe they're kind of middle of the road or maybe they're even one of the one of the low performers but they're being an individual player can be driven by insecurity. So what they tend to do is in, in this case, they tend to kind of silo themselves off and, and be, you know, uh, kind of the non-participant in, you know, team activities and, you know, like the healthy debate. Uh, maybe they just don't participate in those because they're insecure in some way. So it can be one of those extremes, right? Maybe they're so insecure that they perform as an individual and, and, and don't feel like they fit into the team, or maybe they're driven at the other extreme by ego because they are such an incredible performer. In both cases, whatever is driving them, they tend to not recognize the importance of team. And they also don't recognize the negative impact that they are having on the team and the overall team performance. So, the individual that's an extremely high performer, they don't recognize the fact that when all they do is focus on themselves and you know the, keeping their numbers at a at, at a sales level that that exceeds everybody else, 
they tend to not recognize that if they would take the focus off of themselves and help these other sales reps to improve their sales capabilities, then as a whole, the team would grow a lot faster and, and more revenue would come into the, to the company and so forth. So they tend to not recognize that. The individual that is an individual player because of insecurity, they tend to feel like, well, I've got nothing to contribute, right? And, and so they, they fail to recognize that their ideas are valuable and that their efforts are, are very valuable to the team. Um, so an individual player, they d- just generally tend to not recognize the negative impact that they're having uh, on the whole team when they're performing or, or behaving as an individual player. And then oftentimes, and this is how we're going to get into uh, how do you identify and how do you address an individual player on your team. But oftentimes, an individual player ultimately ends up to be unwilling to be a real team player. Uh, And we'll get to that in just a moment uh, as we talk about how do you identify and how do you address an individual player. But let's contrast that now. Let's talk about, well, what does does a team player look like? Well, a team player, first and foremost, contrary to the, to the individual player, they completely recognize and understand the, you know, the importance of teamwork. A team player believes that the team is more important than self. Maybe you've heard me on this podcast before or other podcasts that I've been on before, but I have this, this verbal uh, mental trigger that I perform on a regular basis, especially as I'm going into team activities. And the purpose of this, you know, verbal mental trigger for me is just to kind of keep my ego in check and go in and ensure that while I'm with the team, I'm being, you know, a high level team player. But I will say to myself, the team is more important than me. And so a team player certainly believes that. Uh, I'm a big fan of Pat Lencioni and his book, The Ideal Team Player. And so a team player is going to be humble. A team player, he's going to be humble and, and cooperative in a humble way with all the other team members. He's going to be hungry. He's never satisfied with how good the team is right now. He always wants to be better, always wants to be more. And then uh, Pat Lencioni uses the word smart. I, I tend to use the word aware. But thirdly, uh, an ideal team player is going to be uh, aware of how their actions and their behaviors and, and their words, how they uh relate and and interact with other team members, right? So an ideal team player is going to be aware. And then a a, a team player, again, contrary to an individual player, a team player understands that success, it's a collective success, right? No one wins unless everyone wins. Uh, I love sports and sports analogies as it relates to leadership and as it relates to teamwork. And so a a basketball team, right, at the end of the game, if that team has lost, it doesn't matter if one of the players, you know, scored a, you know, a personal record, you know, 50 points or, or whatever, right? That doesn't matter much. The team ultimately lost. Individual players tend to not see it that way. Individual players tend to see it as, well, so what? We lost. At least I got a personal record, and right? I, I did my my absolute best. I, I did better than I've ever done before as an individual, right? So you see that attitude of even though the team lost, 
I won because I did better than anybody else or better than I've ever done before. But a team player feels the team loss no matter how well they performed as an individual. So they always understand that success, it's a collective success, right? No one wins unless everyone wins. So that's kind of the difference between a team player and an individual player. Now, what I want to talk about, and and this is one of the most difficult enemies to address, uh, distrustful culture, uh, unaccountable misalignment, unhealthy debate, those enemies, if your team is struggling with those three enemies, it's it's very easy to identify. However, if your team is struggling with individual player or individual players, multiple players, then oftentimes this is really, really hard to identify. So I really want to talk to you th- talk you through how do you identify those individual um, players? And I'll, I'll say this, in large part, the responsibility of identifying the individual players and and then working with them falls on the shoulders of the leader. Now, that's not to say, especially if your team is very good at accountability and, and, you know, the other enemy of unaccountable misalignment. If your team gets really effective at accountability, then other members of the team can identify and work with individual players also. But in large part, the responsibility of identifying the individual player is going to fall on the shoulders of the leader. So here's how you identify individual players on your team. You must first, as the leader, you must coach and lead the team explicitly in efforts to defeat the other three enemies. So, you know, even if you feel like your team is doing well with vulnerability-based trust and and your, your team is doing really well with uh, debate, good, healthy debate within your team, and you feel like your team is doing really well with holding one another accountable and staying aligned on the strategy, even if you feel like you've defeated those other three enemies, to identify an individual player, you need to explicitly emphasize uh, efforts to continue to beat those other three uh, enemies. And as you're doing that, as you're doing those efforts to ensure that you have vulnerability-based trust within your team or you have good, healthy debate within your team and you're holding one another accountable within your team. As you explicitly emphasize and and do those efforts, what you want to be looking for is you want to be looking for those team members that seem to be unwilling to participate in defeating those other enemies. And sometimes that's just outright resistance. Ah, this, this stuff is stupid. This is this stuff is touchy feely and all who needs vulnerability, right? Sometimes it'll be, you know, that obvious that people are resisting these efforts to defeat those other enemies. Other times it just looks like a lack of participation, right? So maybe you're really focused in on, on healthy debate and really getting input from everyone on what's the best solution to a problem. And you're, and you're wanting the team members to debate about that and you have an individual that just doesn't seem interested, just uh, you know, not putting forth any kind of effort to offer up any ideas and certainly not engaging in any kind of passionate, healthy debate about those solutions to the problem. So you, know, you may have just that outright resistance. You may have just kind of this lack of uh, participation. But as you put forth the hard work to defeat those other three enemies of teamwork, you've got to be on the lookout for 
those team members that seem to be unwilling to defeat those lack of participation. Maybe they're half-hearted. And again, maybe there's evidence that they're, uh, you know, even resistant to the point of sabotage, right? I mean, maybe negative attitudes, belligerence, uh, you know, gossip, uh, you know, outside of team meetings or something like that. So that's what you, the key is to intentionally and with, uh, you know, a special emphasis, you want to lead and coach the team in defeating these other three enemies and then be on the lookout for those unwilling to do that. And that's going to begin to point out for you those that are individual players. Now, the key next is, and again, one of the reasons why this enemy is one of the most difficult to identify, but then secondly, this enemy is one of the most difficult to address as well. Just because it, it requires, you know, a, a, a higher level of leadership and it, it, it requires, you know, some coaching and some conversations that, frankly, a lot of leaders are afraid of and avoid. But how do you turn an individual player around and turn them into a, um, a team player? Well, first of all, you, you must start with performance and coaching conversations. You, that's where you have to start. And, and I believe too many leaders avoid this step. I think too many leaders jump to the last step that we're going to talk about, and that is remove the individual from, from the team. But uh, I do believe that you should start with coaching and performance conversations of the individual when you've identified them as an individual player. And I suggest that for a couple of reasons. One, because if you can turn an individual into a team player, that's far better than getting rid of that individual and bringing a new individual in. There's there's a lot more overhead into bringing a new individual into your team than there is to just turning that individual around and making them a team player. Secondly, what it does is if you if you um, you, you know if you really commit to coaching and performance conversations with this individual player, it sends a message to all of the other team members that you're a good strong leader, right? You're you're in it for their best interest. You're not in it to just look for someone to make a mistake or fail or or have a bad attitude and you're just going to get rid of them. No, you're sending a message that, that you're in it for you're in leadership for their best interest and it just brings about a level of confidence and loyalty to all of the other team members as well. Now ultimately though, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But ultimately, if you have to remove them from the team, likewise the remaining team members is going to see that as strong leadership on your part, but they're going to want to see that you put in the effort up front to help that team member first. So you got to start there. You got to start with performance and coaching conversations. Don't avoid this step. Uh, And don't assume that that individual understands the importance of teamwork. Now, as we talked about earlier, sometimes they're resisting this hard work to build trust and debate and all because they don't understand the importance of teamwork. And, and if that's the case, then your job is to uh, educate them, to, to, to teach them on the importance of teamwork. In these coaching and performance conversations, you must highlight low performance as it relates to teamwork. All right, so again, think, uh, imagine the scenario where you're having this conversation with a sales rep and he happens to be the, you know, the highest performing sales rep month after month after month. Well, obviously you're not going to get in there and tell the guy uh, you're not doing really well as a salesman, 
Because obviously he is, right? He's killing it. He's doing better than everybody else month after month after month. What you want to highlight is, and you can even, you know, you can even acknowledge to this person, look, your sales numbers are great, right? When you're out there with a customer, you closing deals, your sales numbers are great. It's when you're in here in the conference rooms around the rest of the team, that's where your performance is weak. And so you really want to highlight that, right? Make, you want to make teamwork equally important as their individual contribution. You want to make them understand that, yes, while you are doing great out there at closing deals and bringing in sales, what is equally important is your efforts within the team for, you know, for teamwork, for bringing the rest of the team members up as well, right? So you want to make sure that, that this individual feels like that teamwork is equally as important as their individual contributions. I, I talked about earlier, you want to educate this person on the fact that either we all win or no one wins, right? Yes, I get the fact that you're at the top of the list every month um, w- with the sales numbers, but recognize as a team, we're not hiv- hitting our annual revenue goal as a business. So you got right, to make sure that they see it from the viewpoint of the team and make sure that they understand that teamwork is equally important as their individual con- uh, contribution. So that's the kind of the performance and coaching conversations as a leader that you're going to need to have with this individual player. And then also I'd say this, you need to commit to coaching. You need to commit with this attitude of we are in this together. Uh, you're a team and you'll work together and you'll help this individual player, right? So uh, with the rest of the team, now you're not going to go out to the rest of the team and, and divulge, you know, personal information related to performance and things like that. But you're going to make sure that all of the other team members, as well as you as the leader, you're in this together, right? And you're going to commit to working with this uh, individual player to turn them around uh, to be a team player. You're going to lead by example, right? So um, you're going to get in the trenches with this individual um, when they want to resist, um, you know, healthy debate, then you're going to get in there. No, you're, you're going to kind of call them out and coach them out and say, Hey, look, let's talk about this. What's your idea? How do you think we should solve this problem? And you're going to coach them on that and, and be committed to, to sticking that out. Uh, and, and you're probably even going to want to develop for this individual, a specific improvement plan, you know, well, I, I want to see you participating in debate a little bit more, uh, when we, when we have our team meetings or, or, you know, I, I want you to, to, uh, you know, have a better attitude when the team members are holding you accountable to the teamwork that we're doing, right? So you're going to have specific improvement plans that you're going to work with this individual. And then finally, as you're doing all that, as you're committed to coaching, you're having these tough conversations with this individual, you may determine, and I'm oftentimes asked, well, how long does it take to get to this point? Well, that all depends. Um, Sometimes the person is really, really trying and, and they're trying to be that team player. And, and if, if that's the case, then you're probably going to allow this coaching effort to, to go on longer. Uh, other times, the, again, the individual is very close-minded. The individual is very resistant and no, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Well, then this coaching period is going to, you know, they're not being coachable basically. And so this coaching period is going to be much shorter. But ultimately, if you get to the point that they refuse to improve, 
Right? They refuse to recognize the importance of the team over themselves, or they refuse to to, uh, to do the efforts to defeat the other enemies of teamwork. If they ultimately just refuse, you must remove them from the team. They, they have to be off the team. And this is, again, where I was talking about earlier, an org chart doesn't make a team. Right? They have to opt the, these this group of people has to operate together or else they're not a team. And so what you need to do is you've got to remove that individual from the team if they simply refuse to be a team player. Now it can look removing them from the team can look like a number of different things. I mean, it could be another assignment elsewhere within the company, right? Uh, so maybe they're no longer in the sales department. They're going to move over to the marketing department or something. I'm, I'm just making this kind of stuff up. But you you want to reassign them elsewhere. They're not now a part of this team. Instead, they're assigned elsewhere. And probably then you're going to be in a backfill situation where you bring in another team member. And obviously you want to make sure that that person is a good team player. Uh, it could be that you end up having to terminate their employment, right? That if there is no opportunity to assign them elsewhere, well, then it, it may be that it's a, it's a termination of employment. And as I've coached many people through uh, kind of this performance review and then ultimately till it ends up in a, in a, termina- uh, a termination of employment, then this is not going to be a surprise to that individual, right? A, a lot of times, especially if you have an individual that is uh, really, really staunchly um, resistant to this idea of vulnerability-based trust or something like that, they'll self-select out. They'll go find a job elsewhere. Um, but if, uh, if that's not the case and you end up having to terminate them because you've had these coaching sessions and these, you know, performance conversations that we just recently talked about, then if it gets to the point of terminating their employment, it's not a shock to them. It's not a surprise to them. And that's the way you should be a lead. You should be leading anyway. Performance issues, especially when it gets to the point of some kind of action is being taken, it should never be a shock to that individual. But ultimately, if you have to do that, you're going to terminate their employment to remove them from the team. This will show the rest of the team just how important teamwork is, right? You're you're basically saying, look, this is an individual player on our team. He doesn't operate or she doesn't operate, uh, you know, as a team. She doesn't uh, believe in teamwork. And so this person is being removed from our team and that sends the clear message to the rest of the team members that teamwork is incredibly important. And it's likely actually that the remaining team members will actually, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they will see your actions to remove that team member as, you know, good, strong, bold leadership actions. Uh, They may even thank you. They may even, uh, you know, explicitly express Thanks for for removing this individual player from our our team, especially if it's a situation where they're so ego driven that it's somewhat toxic. Uh, but then they're also very likely to step up. Those remaining team members are are very likely to step up, and you see it all the time. Again, in the sales uh, sales team analogy, that individual that every single month they are uh, you know they're they're the highest uh, sales rep. Whatever number that they seem to be hitting every single month, when you remove that individual team player, one or two or three of the other team members start to hit those exact same numbers uh, as the the individual you've just removed from the team. And so they they start to step up. They start to do better. 
Uh, it's not intuitive and it's not obvious to see, but this individual player in, in some way is suppressing, holding down uh, the other team members. And so uh, you'll see that dynamic play out many times as you, uh, as you remove an individual uh, player from your team. So that's the individual player. That's, uh, you know, kind of the description of them, how they differ from a team player, and then how you identify them, but then ultimately how do you turn them around uh, to be team players? Um, if you can't, then ultimately you have to remove them from the team. So I hope that's helped you. Again, we've been in this series for uh, a few podcasts now. I think this is the fifth podcast in this uh, series. So if you're just tuning in to this one for the first time, uh, go all the way back to episode 23. And I'll give you uh, kind of, again, the highlight of all four enemies. And then uh, episodes 24, 5, 6, and now 7 covers all four enemies in, in pretty great detail. So I certainly believe this series of podcast episodes ought to help you build the teamwork that you need. You can find the show notes for this particular podcast. You can have find the show notes for this over at CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 027 as in episode 27. So that's CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 027 as in episode 27. And don't forget, you can head over to CredibleTeams.com. CredibleTeams.com. Take our little short quiz. And that will help you identify which of these four enemies that we've been covering here, which enemy is your team struggling with. Once you know that, then you can listen to the podcast that's relevant to that enemy and really hone in on defeating that enemy of your teamwork. So be sure you head over to CredibleTeams.com to take that quiz. Again, hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, And I'll just remind you, be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review the podcast. Don't want you to miss a single episode. So be sure you do that. Thanks again so much for tuning in. Until we speak again, be blessed and lead well. Rookie Leaders podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcast episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.